0: From BossTrack, it's Her Hype Squad, a show about amazing women who've made incredible strides as leaders in their industry. They're here to support you and your leadership growth, to encourage you and hype you up as part of your Hype Squad. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Her Hype Squad with BossTrack. I'm your host, Michelle Harris. In this episode, I talk with Mara Smith founder of Inspiro Tequila. Mara and I talk about why networking for new leaders and building a system of mentors, peers, and advocates is so important in how to effectively build your professional network and support system. Mara provides strategies for building a system that works for you, for approaching someone new, and for nurturing your network to keep it working for you. Before we get started, I wanted to explain that this is an episode that we recorded with Mara earlier in the year before we launched the Her Hype Squad with Bostrek podcast. So the format is slightly different than recent episodes, but it's such a great episode that we wanted to share it with you during this holiday off season. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mara Smith. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's BossCast. We're so excited to have Mara Smith, founder of Inspiro Tequila, on with us today to talk about networking and relationship building. Mara has such an interesting background, so I just wanna tell you a little bit about her before she digs in. Mara is a former attorney, corporate strategist, and she began her legal career at a large law firm in Chicago. She then decided to switch gears and join the corporate strategy and business development team at a Fortune 100 company. While there, Mara was put on emergency bed rest while pregnant with her twins. And when they were born prematurely, she decided to leave the corporate world to focus on her family and charitable work. She always envisioned running her own company, and in February of 2020, she set out on her journey and created a tequila brand. When Mara started drinking tequila, she was looking for a clean, gluten-free spirit that fit into her active lifestyle. She searched for a tequila brand that was avid-free with a look, taste, and aroma that appealed to her, but that perfect tequila just didn't exist. So she decided to create one. The goal was not just to create a one-of-kind tequila, but also to bring another female voice to the spirits industry. Women are involved in every aspect of Inspiro Tequila's process, from creating the taste profiles to getting bottles on the shelves. And as a female founder, Mara's mission is to inspire and support other women on their entrepreneurial journeys through financial support and mentoring. So we're so excited to have her here. And I just want to put a plug in for the tequila. I could never drink tequila, but the tequila was delicious. So Mara, I will give the microphone to you.
1: Thank you. Well, it's so nice to be here, Michelle. Thank you. So yeah, I mean, I think you gave my whole, my whole background and, you know, basically, I guess I made a few different major pivots in my life. So one, I don't think I ever consider kind of the Uh, becoming an entrepreneur when I was younger, I think it was pretty risk averse and really very myopically focused on just, you know, succeeding in a very traditional methodology, like working hard, getting into the top law school, I could get into going into a big law firm. I think it really sought stability. And, you know, I think it, it, I mean, as a young girl, the job I really wanted was to be, become a Supreme Court justice. And there's no more stable job than, than that. As we know, i having a lifetime tenure. So I think that's kind of what I always sought. And I think because of that, I had a little bit of maybe of blinders on and never looked at like other options and other opportunities and avenues I could take. And once I moved from my role in the law firm and I was at a really big law firm, it was great, tons of experience. It really, you know, I built my skill set very quickly because you're really thrown in the fire. But once I knew I wanted to start a family, I did not see a career path option for me there. So at the time when I was at the law firm, There were no female partners in my entire department. I didn't have anyone to look to as a role model for like, how can you balance a large law firm life and a family? Also, the option I would have would be go part-time, but that would take me off partnership track. I wouldn't get the big sexy deals I liked. I would be put on kind of like the mundane tasks and... So I I didn't see like an option for staying there, even though I actually really enjoyed it and liked the work. So I decided to move to the corporate side. So I went to Donald Corporation to work in corporate strategy and business development. And there's where it actually sparked my entrepreneurial spirit. So... As was part of an incubator program where we brought people from all over the world, from McDonald's Corporation, all over the world. And we were on an offsite location, studying consumer trends and insights and trying to come up with new concepts and new directions for McDonald's. I found the whole ideation process really fascinating. So that's actually when I started thinking about maybe I want to start my own company. I actually started researching buying perhaps a, a franchise as part of a, an ice cream chain, not the Best idea for Chicago given our cold climate. But and so I ultimately decided not to go that route, but it just it started me thinking about it. My my kind of corporate career in the trajectory and you know, kind of climb up the corporate ladder was was it came to a very abrupt halt when I was put on an emergency bed rest with my oldest kids who are twins. So that kind of stopped all of those, you know, ideas that were percolating in my head as well. I had preemie twins. I thought they needed my attention. I was really fortunate that I was able to make that decision and be able to stay home. And, and that's the decision I made. That actually was probably the biggest pivot for me and something that no one ever saw coming. I didn't see coming. No one who knew me because I've just been very driven and always looking to like, what's the next goal? How do I get there? And that was not something that I ever, ever foresaw. I'm really happy I was able to do that, but it was a big change for me. So in the back of my mind, I was always, though, still thinking of ideas, ways like, how could I do this better? How would I make this business? Fascinated with founder stories, you know, listening to, you know, how I built this other podcast all the time, reading books about founders. And so eventually I became more serious about the idea of starting my own company. I had kids, my oldest were going to leave for college. I found I had a little more time on my hands, even though my youngest still is in grade school, but. I started really thinking about it. And I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna start something. I wanted to be around a product I personally really like. So I said, well, how, why not tequila? I've been tequila drinker for years. I've been gluten-free for over a decade when I was looking for like a cleaner spirit alternative, something that didn't have sugar, that didn't leave me feeling lousy the next day. I started drinking tequila. I also started realizing that so many women were choosing tequila as their spirit of choice also. They also like this clean option. And I just didn't think brands focused on this consumer. I thought this consumer was an overlooked consumer in the market. I think often alcohol brands will market wines or, you know, hard seltzers, things like that to a a female audience, but but not spirits and not hard alcohol. And it happens to be that over half of tequila drinkers are actually female. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I thought, here's an opportunity that I could actually innovate in this industry and create something that appeals to me, a thoughtful consumer who, you know, cares about what I eat and drink and the companies I support and other women like me. So I thought, can we create something from the bottle design to the taste profiles, to the aromas that really was very customer centric. But I also discovered that I did not know beforehand in my research is that so many tequila brands actually use additives. So they add glycerin, flavoring, coloring, and here I was drinking tequila because I wanted this like clean spirit and I did not want additives in my tequila. So for me, I said, can we create the taste profiles that this consumer is looking for? The sweeter notes, the really easy to drink tequila, but do it without using additives instead, you know, based on our process. Mm -hmm. So we were able to do that. And I was really happy to get, you know, confirmation of being additive free. The other thing is, you know, it didn't take a lot of due diligence to uncover. There are very few women in the spirits industry. Women are generally underrepresented as in many industries. But if I was going to get back into the workforce and do something, I really wanted to be able to make an impact. So I thought here was an opportunity to make an impact by lending a female perspective. So by having everyone from our Legendary master distiller creating their taste profiles in Mexico to the women getting on the shelves operations to have a a fully women you know owned led created team and I have an all female powerhouse advisory board also so I just thought there was an opportunity to really bring another female perspective to the industry and you know once I had this idea and it you know I started I'd say. The biggest thing I had to do was just a ton of research, right? So if you're going to pivot, if you want to make a career change, if you want to enter into new industry, it doesn't have to be starting your own business. It could be that you always wanted to, you know, teach history, whatever it is. I mean, I think one, once women are out of the workforce and have a gap in the resume for two or more years, it is very difficult to reenter the workforce. You know, I guess instead of me knocking down someone else's door, I just built my own door. But it is difficult, but I don't think it's impossible. And there are a lot of resources out there. I I think it takes a ton of work because if you have to get up to speed in an area that you knew nothing about before, it's a, it's a lot of due diligence. It's a lot of work and a lot of research. I listened to podcasts. I read books. I did webinars. I went to get certified by the CRT, the governing body in Mexico over tequila to be certified in history and production of tequila making like I would reach out to experts in all different areas. I mean, digital marketing was like a big black hole for me. I didn't understand anything. I understand just a little bit now, but I would like read books on marketing, listen to podcasts on it, go on webinars, like newsletters, follow people on LinkedIn that give tips and suggestions. So I think if you're, you know, and I hope that's my message for other women that it's not too late and it's not too late to start something new to transition to make career changes. It's not easy and it requires really putting in, you know, a lot of the time and effort, but all those resources are available and out there now. I mean, I did this all in the midst of the pandemic. I incorporated in February, 2020, which was not ideal timing, but you know, there are just so many resources in, in order to educate yourself and get up speed very quickly. I think the other thing, which is we're talking about a little bit more today but you know I could do all that research and I'm a sole entrepreneur but it is absolutely impossible to do it on your own I, I do believe you need a support system and you need a network and I had to build that from scratch so I have amazing supportive friends and family but I didn't have really you know anybody connected to this industry this world and business connections I So that was a huge part for me. I mean, I reached out to people that I wanted to connect with and we'll, you know, talk about that and how I did that. But I reached out to people. I joined communities of like these amazing communities where there are all these collaborative women who support each other. And if you put an ask out, you, you know, get answers from so many different people. You know, one of those I I joined was like, Hey Mama, for example, huge community of all these women. I didn't just do one of their mentoring programs. I did four of their mentoring programs with different mentors to, you know, meet other founders and meet more mentors and get guidance. So I really, when I signed up, I wouldn't just sign up but I'd really try and take advantage of all the resources that were available through those networks, webinars, community building, you know, anything I could do, anything I could tap into to learn, you know, I joined it, I'm going to see you soon, you know, the Entrepreneurs' League. That one was, I was listening to their podcast religiously, because I love the Entrepreneurs' podcast. I was listening to it religiously. And at one point during the pandemic, they offered a free half hour consultation. And I sent an email and took them up on it. And I didn't send just an email, I sent like a very detailed email of like, why I wanted to meet with them, what I had in common, how it resonated with me, because Stephanie talked about her journey and her pregnancy journey and having P-Prom and issues, and that's something I had with my twins, and so I reached out, I said how her story resonated and everything, and we've been connected since, and she's, I mean, they're so supportive, and i like, so pleased to be part of their new community, but I think that was key, like, not being afraid, reaching out, but going at it, I'd say every time, really prepared. I've never sent out something to anybody saying, can I pick your brain? Never. I always come with it, Like, I know that you're an expert in blah, blah, blah. You know, could you help me with this? Or like, I was going to be introduced. It was just before everything shut down. I was being introduced to an author in an event. And I found out like a few days before the event and I ordered her book and I read her entire book before I went to meet her at the event. Cause I want to make sure I had the opportunity to ask her questions. I would ask her intelligent questions. So I'm of the opinion, you can never be over-prepared and you should always, you know, do your homework ahead of time. And that generally people are pretty receptive. If you find someone you want to connect with but you can see something really specific about them and their impact on you or, and that you heard them or watched them or listened to them on something. I think you'll usually get a response and you also have to kind of like let it roll off your back if you don't, you know, there are some people, maybe they don't check LinkedIn. I send a lot of LinkedIn messages. Maybe they're not active on LinkedIn and they don't check. Like it, that's fine. I'll sometimes really try and, you know, hound them down and like I'll then send a follow up, I'll send an email or find another <laughs> way. But so I do think it's really important to, to build a, a community and have the support of, you know, other women, I also, I find it fascinating every time I talk to another female founder or leader, I learn something. I hope I can offer something that they can take away from it. But I, you know, also learn something anytime I can make a connection. I'm just really a believer in like everybody kind of like lifting each other up and, and collaborating. Like it, it really takes everybody to support other founders I'm a firm believer as women-owned businesses become more successful, then you'll have more women out there to invest back into other female founders. And that's how you'll start to level the access to capital, right? So I think it's really important. I try and collaborate like these organizations help me collaborate with so many other founders, like, you know, and if it's giveaways or on Instagram or newsletters or doing events together, it, you know, I feel like that's really the exciting part of the journey. For me, yeah. honestly, as I just went to LA and like I feel like I have like people now in LA. You know, I had a meeting with like two other women who I'd connected with through like Instagram, you know, which is, you know, just amazing. So I, I think it's really important to to find that support and find, you know, people who maybe know something about an area that you're lacking. But I think oh I, oh, I always go in being like, you know, thinking, what can I also kind of offer to them? Even if they're ahead of me, there's always something. Like, I don't think you have to go based on like, well, they've been in business for six years and I've been in business for two years and I'm just starting. So they know everything, you know, there are, women who have been in business way longer and like we just talked about, for example, WeBank, they didn't know anything about WeBank certification or how to get a WeBank certified, women-owned certified, which I think is a really key certification, especially for me as like a product brand, because so many retailers have diversity initiatives to purchase from women-owned to minority-owned. So for me having that certification, and I've talked about it with so many other founders who didn't even know, you know, about the certification or the process, or so. I think um I think there's always something that everybody can can add or contribute, even if it's. I mean, I just got a phone with someone before this, and she runs a big network. But I'm like, oh, did you know about this other network where maybe you can tap into more women to to join or to advertise on your platform? I mean, and I could give her background about it because she didn't know about it. I mean, there's I feel like everybody has like little bits and pieces of information that someone else will find helpful and useful and sharing resources is always helpful.
0: Right. Well, can I ask you a question? So how, so with our audience, they're primarily women in the corporate world. So thinking back to when you were in corporate strategy at McDonald's, I mean, all of this is still applicable. Would you you agree with that?
1: Yes. Listen, there are skills that, there are also skills I learned at home, which is interesting because I feel like that's often what we undervalue the most. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of skills that I honed as a stay-at-home parent that I did not place no value on. In fact, I questioned myself so much in in re-entering the workforce and starting my own company, kind of like, you know, who am I? I've been out of the workforce for so long. What do I know? And it took me a long time to kind of like go back and reflect and think like, okay, well, hmm, I had creamy twins. I can multitask like the best of them, you know, three kids, schedules, operating my household, like the CEO of my house, like that takes uh, you know, extreme efficiency or, you know, flexibility. That's something I didn't have a lot of before that because I was just focused on what I had to get done in my work. And then, you know, as with children, no day ever goes as planned and you have to learn a lot of flexibility with a business. Nothing goes as planned. I'm constantly thinking of plan B or plan C when when we're facing obstacles. So it took me a while to figure out like those skills really apply in the workforce as well. Mm -hmm. Like being a really good, you know, employee or business owner, those skills are very helpful for that. And that the skills you acquire throughout your career, you never lost them also. Like, I don't know why I thought the minute I, you know, was home that I like, forgot how to do research. I mean, I did a ton of research once I came to start my company and I learned a lot of research skills from being a lawyer and going to law school. So, so I think it's, it's recognizing skills and how they can transition and be applicable in like so many different situations, you know, just because I learned things at McDonald's doesn't mean I couldn't apply it to like any other, you know, scenario, what I learned, you know, there. So I think. I think a lot of that. And I think I think having intellectual curiosity is helpful in anything you're doing. I think it's helpful if you're in the corporate world and trying to look at things with a different perspective. I think it's even I think it's harder to do when you're in like a big kind of like more regimented corporation and I think that's why it's necessary to do it even more so because they need people who are looking at things a little bit differently and having a different perspective like me coming into the spirits industry where it's, it's very insular. I feel like, like everybody went in and I feel like everybody knows each other in the industry, you know, and I've been in for years and years and years. And here I'm coming in as an outsider and as a woman, but I thought, okay, well, but for me, I don't have any blinders on. Cause I'm not looking at it like, well, traditionally you're supposed to do this, this, this. I'm like, well, why isn't anyone doing it this way? You know, and coming up with like, Different concepts and innovating, and I think that's always helpful. I think that's helpful in in the corporate world, and mm-hmm. if you want to start, you know, something on your own. I think having having desire to, you know, learn more all the time. I always like to say, I think it's important to be a learn it all, not a know it all. So instead of thinking you're coming in with all the answers, coming in with like just an inquisitive mind of wanting to learn and understand. And I think that's how you also will innovate and look at things differently.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree and I think too when you're stepping into a leadership role from being an individual contributor, you suddenly have more of an operational responsibility and that ability to network and get other perspectives and kind of think outside of the box helps you with that part of your role as well.
1: Yes, I mean people want to feel like they're heard and and you want to take in as much, you know, you want to take in there's many different ideas and information. What I did learn and one thing, and I there's a quote that I had read, but generally it's that you know you want lots of different perspectives and I want opinions and perspectives. But as the leader, I do ultimately need to make the decision.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think it's that's a really important skill also is because sometimes you can keep going back and forth and back and forth. And like at some point like you can't be wishy-washy and you have to be decisive. I'm I think that's something that I'm pretty good at is that I'm pretty decisive. I may not come up with all the ideas that are in my head and maybe I'm not going to come up with like creative concepts, let's say for graphic design. I might not come up with the concepts, but I can make the decision of like, yes, no, yes, no, what I like, what I don't like, what I think resonates, what I think will work. And I think that's a really important leadership skill is to be able to take in like a lot of information but then to ultimately feel confident in making the decision and not like wavering too much. Cause I think if you waver too much, you know, one, I think it signals like a a lack of, you know, decisiveness also, and you can't like always second guess. Yes. Maybe things could have gone a different way or you could have done a different way and maybe it would have turned out better. But at some point I think you don't want to go into like analysis paralysis And you need to like move, you know, move on. Yeah. And it's hard because it's coming from someone who likes things done. Like I've always traditionally been more of a perfectionist. And sometimes now I'm like, okay, you know, it has to just be good enough. There's too many things to get done. Like it's just going to have to be good enough. My website, we're revising some pages. It may not be perfect. We might be doing more revisions later. It just has to get up and be done. Like, which is hard to do. It's hard for me and it's hard for many people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. We actually have activities in some of our courses about just how to overcome that indecisiveness and just taking some decisions that are inconsequential and just going for it and making a decision and getting that comfort level around the decision making process. So yeah, it's interesting. I wanted to ask you a question you said about moms leaving. So we we do have an audience of quite a few moms that left the work Place during the pandemic because of childcare and other reasons, and they haven't been out for two years yet. Would you? What would your recommendation be if they are still thinking they do want to re-enter the workforce? So they start their networking now.
1: Yes, well, I think first you know it's coming up with like the idea, that like what did you, what would you really like to do? I see sometimes. I, th- I think sometimes moms like rush, like, okay, I just want to find something, but like, maybe it's not the right decision and just rush. Now, obviously if it's out of necessity, then you take what you can get and that's, you know, and you start and you move. And if you have to transition, you can always move. But I think sometimes I've seen this, you know, sometimes with, with friends that, okay, well, this opportunity arose, I'm just going to take this, just is a get back in, but they didn't really think it through. Like, is this really where do I see this going? Is this direction? Is something I'm gonna be interested in a little bit longer term? Like it's a little too temporary. And I think as long as you've been out, and if you have time, if you can spare some time to really think about, okay, you know, and I don't think it's finding the ultimate. I don't know that there's like a something that you're like born to do. I just think. What has always seemed like interesting? Do you like sales? Do you feel like that's where you excel because you want to like interact with people or whatever? You know, do you enjoy retail? I mean, and that requires like standing. If you don't like to stand for a long time and day, like thinking about it before, thinking about all the things that go into that particular job Mm
0: -hmm.
1: before you, you know, start that. And I think maybe our eyes opened, especially in the pandemic to like, wow, there are all these right would have thought supply chain would be a great industry to get, you know, like trucking and supply chain and all that. I think there's like different avenues who would, you know, webinars and online courses. Like there are new things that people never thought about. So I'd say first take the time to kind of think about like, what are the things that interest you when you listen and watch other people? I would say learn from other people first. I listen to a ton of podcasts about like for female founders, leaders, consumer products, everything. I listen to podcasts on double speed two times speed so i can get through as many packets as <laughs> possible and i think even that i think you can learn so much from listening webinars i think you'll find something that like oh that sounded really interesting there are areas that do not sound interesting for me i got an seo strategy and i thought it was in a foreign language i have no interest i don't want to understand any more about it i'm like whatever you think and just implement it and i like don't want to rack my brain trying to figure it out like my brain capacity is maxed. So (laughs) I think it's figuring out like, what sounds interesting to you. And, but I don't think it's too late, but I think you can start learning from other people. If you thought, you know, I always wanted to be a coach. You should start like listening to other people and coaching and what do they do? And what are the programs for coaching? And like, I just think before jumping to something, just do the homework ahead of time. And like, maybe then you'll be like, uh eh, I don't, that's not really, that doesn't really resonate with me after like learning more about it mm-hmm. or the structure or how you have to, how it's timed or the revenue model for it, whatever it is. So that's what I would say. Is like, think of things that you like. I don't think it has to be the perfect ultimate end job. Like this is it for the rest of my life. But I think you might as well take the time to figure out like what really and what plays to your strengths.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think that's another piece of it. Like what are what do you do best? And I think sitting down and reflecting on that is sometimes helpful also. Like I'm pretty aware of like the things I'm really good at and the things that I'm not. Like we talked about, you know, social media, digital marketing, that like someone else can do it much better than I can, but that's what I think helps too.
0: Yeah, well, your social media is beautiful. So whoever is doing it for you is doing a great job. You. <laughs> and your decision making is is great there in that in that area for sure. So we talked about, but it took
1: three tries to get that. So <laughs> there you yeah. go.
0: I understand that very well. So you know, once you decided that, you know where where you wanted to go with your career, and thinking back to even the women that are out, and maybe they even want to jump into the same thing but they need to have that network to be able to reach out and find an opportunity. How did you find the network? And you, you mentioned a few places that you belong to a few groups, but how did you find yeah. them?
1: So actually one of them I found through, like I, Reach out to someone through Entremista. She connected me. She said, oh, you should join Hey, join hey Mama. I got to Hey Mama. Then I just also do a, like a lot of research on like women's groups, women's organizations. There's so many of them out there. There are local ones. There are national ones. I went to the Female Founders Collective and um, Entrepreneurista League. Like as you, you know, search, like search for those, you'll find more and more. And then I found the ones that I thought were more relevant to me. especially like being, then I joined things that are not woman-based, but like consumer product-based because I'm in consumer products. And I found things that are, you know, spirits and alcohol world-based and those communities. So I had to find communities that fit kind of like all the different pieces. Mm -hmm. That also, I feel like you can do, you can find them at doing research. I think LinkedIn is an amazing tool also. I use LinkedIn more than probably anything else personally for me. And I mean, I read an article. I started this. I read an article on why not start a tequila brand. I read the whole article at the end of it, it said, but if you're going to, you should reach out to Greg Cohn because he helped market Patron from its inception. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so instead of heeding the warnings, of the article, I found him on LinkedIn and reached out to him. And he was like, sure. He took a call. He had a call with me. He loved the concept He's been consulting for me since he introduced mm-hmm. me to other former patron people who became part of my team. So, like, and that was me reaching out, like, and I re- said, here's the article I read, here's about you, like, you know. So I gave him something about me. Here's what I'm doing. I give the background. And that's kind of how like one thing leads to another. You know, I talked to one person. I think it's a lot of is follow-up. One person will get you to two other or three other, you know. Introductions. And I follow up on all of those introductions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that when someone makes an introduction, you follow up afterwards, you meet with them. You may not even know what the connection is gonna like necessarily help with or not. But that person, maybe they're not in the industry you're looking at, but they may know someone else who is or who can help guide you. So I feel like I just follow up on all of them. It's not easy because now the network's pretty big and keeping up with everybody Mm -hmm. but one it's really fun to watch everybody's journeys Mm -hmm. like you can see people and their journeys also right from where they were and where they're going and I think they find it interesting to watch your journey as well like and see what's going on so that's what I would say is like find the people listen to things read things and then as you find them reach out to them and I'd say I mean, there are so many amazing podcasts you can find on any different industry on any different topic, founders, leaders, transitions, like everything. And then, you know what I do, if someone's like really interesting me, I'm like, oh, I find them on Instagram and I'll message them. Like, Hey, I just heard you on this and this. I love that you said, blah, 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 like you're fascinating, whatever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll respond. Sometimes they won't, but that's what I think. It's like, you can always find someone who's like, whatever it is that you want to do, who's ahead of you and you can learn from and that you can reach out to. And if not, your friend of a friend's third cousin may know someone and if they introduce you, I take the introduction and I reach out.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's, it's helpful to be clear on really what you're looking to get out of that networking opportunity. So they can listen and be able to introduce you to the other right people that you should be talking to. Yeah, and yeah. you know,
1: and and I think you need to go in also being like really interested in what the person has to also say and share. Like, you can't go in thinking like, okay, well maybe this person will just like link me to this and you'll get something out of it. Like, I think you go in, thinking you wanna build a relationship mm-hmm. with each person you want to know about them. I want to know what's going on with them. I want to know like what their background is, how they get in it, what they do, you know, like how they make it the transition, how they get started. What do they do? Like, even if it's a completely different field. So I think you have to go in like really wanting to hear other people's experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you said you searched, is that you LinkedIn search and Google search?
1: Is that, I mean, just as easy as that? I'd say I don't Google search maybe for communities, like female founder communities, women-owned. I also just think like one thing leads to another. You'll find someone on there and they're also part of this one. And then you get to that one. I mean, I feel like that's a little bit how it happened, a little bit organically like that. Like just seeing what else is posted. I think once you join one community and you're like, oh, podcast. I'm a huge podcast fan. I listen to podcasts. I've been on a lot of podcasts. So some of these communities, the women, as soon as they post something like, hey, you know, someone interested in being on a podcast, being interviewed, I'm like, yep, sure. I raise my hand, you know, and then I'll look and some of them have like 30, 35 different people who have po- their own podcasts in there. And I'll like go and check. I'll check all their podcasts. Would this be relevant for me? Would this not, you know, would I want to be on it? Would I want to connect? So I think even if you got in one community and then you started looking into it more and you're using the resources more, then you would, you know, every time you meet someone, they're like, oh, I know someone who's in the spirits industry. It's this person over here. And I'm like, oh, great. Can you connect, you know? So I I think it just takes, like the ball starts rolling once you get started. Right. But but there's no easy, like, this doesn't like come and fall in your lap. There's none of that. Like someone doesn't like, all of a sudden you get inbound, you know, this is... Doing the work. This is like nonstop hustle to get out there and to find people and connect with people and build a great, supportive and honestly. And the thing I do is, and I support them. Like when I'm ordering Mother's Day gifts, I ordered from all my favorite women-owned brands that I also collaborated with and connected with. And that's who I'm ordering my mom's gift, my mother-in-law's gift, (laughs) my own gifts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to go back and support them.
0: Nice, yeah.
1: So that's, I think if you think about it like that way, like being all around supportive, I also think it's so easy to connect with people now. You can do it virtually, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like the pandemic, obviously, horrible for so many people and, and affected so many people's businesses. For me personally, starting a business, I had access to people I never would have had access to before. So if we're in different cities, we would not have been able to meet for coffee, we would not have considered or thought about a Zoom, we would not have connected. If someone's here and I said, hey, can you have coffee or lunch? Like, oh, that's two hours on my day and mm-hmm. I, with the commute and everything, too much time commitment, half hour on a phone call or on a Zoom, easy. Mm-hmm. Right. So the access you can have to people, it's it's so much larger because it doesn't take the same kind of time commitment.
0: Right. So you mentioned the one lady that you introduced yourself to, you read her book beforehand and that gave you the opportunity to kind of lead in with a like segue to that conversation. What what do you recommend if it's somebody doesn't have a book or didn't have a podcast, like how do they decide how- There's always information. Yeah,
1: there's always information out there for people, right? So if you are getting introduced to someone, you know what their business is, you know what they started, you know about their business, you know everything, you know, that you can find out about them. I think there's always, right? Like if I know they started this company, I'm going to look into that company. I'm going to know how that company started. I'm going to know what they sell. I'm going to know what they do. I mean, you can always, I mean, there's a plethora of information out there and on the internet. And then I'll look at and I'll look up their LinkedIn profile and I'll look up, you know, their social media and see on social media the people put personal information. I don't know how many kids they have. I don't know. I mean, like, you can find out so much information before you talk to someone. And I think most importantly is that you want to know a lot about their professional background. Like, I connected with someone the other day. And I had read, and I know she's the founder of a company, but I didn't know. And I found out that she also was a former corporate lawyer who then turned entrepreneur. So when I reached out to her, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love that you're another, you know, lawyer from Chicago, turned entrepreneur, like all the stuff. Like there's a connection there immediately, right? So, you know, someone maybe went to your alma mater and you look them up and you find out that they, so you can find some a piece of the connection. You know, I'm a twin mom. So I can find out that someone else is like a twin mom, like, Hey, you know, from another twin mom, or they're part of my same organization. I'd be like, you know, I'm a fellow Andresa member or Hey mama or whatever it is, you know? So I think by doing that background check, you'll find something that they'll appreciate and think like, Oh, this person really You know, spent the time and knows about me, my company, what I do. I just think, and I've heard this, I had heard this before, and I kind of didn't understand, like, well, why do people mind that so much? And now I get it. I'd heard, like, don't ever just say, like, can I pick your brain? Like, I'm not answering that. And I agree that is like, well, what, you just want to get something out of my head for you without giving me any background. Like, do you know anything about me? You know, let's say if people reach out on LinkedIn. They're like, why don't I find out what do you do for your company? Like one of those cold yeah. LinkedIn things. I'm, yeah, it, it's on my profile. If you want to know what I do for my company, you know? So that means you didn't do any research or I was talking to a founder. She's like a big company. Her company is very known and people always want to like, like find out information, like how you get started in her particular industry. And she was saying, yeah, I spent time and I went out with this woman and like coffee or whatever. And like, didn't buy her the coffee and didn't even follow up with the thank you. Hmm. Yeah. Right, like it's that's like part. basic. <laughs> yeah. Someone takes time, someone takes time to talk to you. You follow up, like, thank you so much. And not just thank you so much. Here's what I get. Here's something I learned from our conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Thank you for giving me this guidance on blah, blah, blah. Or I learned this from you. Like, then they feel like good. Like, oh, they dedicate some time to you, but they also feel like, wow, but it was like useful. Like someone got something out of it.
0: Yeah. So I guess like if I'm thinking I'm in a certain role that I want to grow to the next level, if I'm you know in a business environment and I look out and I find somebody who's in the position that I want to be in, it's, it really is just as simple as looking up just something that you have in common. And that can be kind of, as you reach out, that can be the icebreaker, but then have a very specific question that you want to ask their thoughts on.
1: Right. I mean, I think, you know, showing when you want to move up in a role, I think the big thing is like showing that you want to add something that you have something to add. Right. And for me, it's always been about like a work ethic. So I was always in industries where showing a really great work ethic that like I'll do whatever it takes and get things done and I'm reliable and people can depend on me. That's what people want. People want people who show up, right? That's what I want. That's what I want for people who work for me, right? I want people who are gonna show up and get it done and get it done without me asking over and over. And that not only gonna get done and like check off the box but like wanna do it really well. And I mean, I can't think of anything better that people would want in a corporate environment as far as like, you know, who they want to promote, you know, except for like people who really, like you can rely on. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, no one's really indispensable because people can be replaced or whatever. But like, if, if people can depend on you and rely on you come through, it's like quality and dedication. I feel like- really beats out everything else as far as I'm concerned like you know I'd say even even knowledge base like someone can always like learn more about the job but Mm -hmm. if you but you can't make everybody like super dedicated hard worker who like cares so much about the quality what they produce
0: yeah I absolutely agree with that that's a very very good insight but, so switching out a little bit, the kind of changing gears, what are some of the things that you wish you would have known before you started your company?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many things. Cause I came in like, like not knowing anything. One, I didn't know how complicated operations and logistics would be in this in this, in this this world. And they're very complicated and take up a, a, a ton of my time. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. I think the second thing is, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of heed this advice a little more right now. Sarah Blakely has a quote, something like if someone could do something like 80% as well as you can, you need to let, let it go and let them do it. And I'm really trying to implement that. I was, I mean, I still am wearing a lot of hats and doing a lot of jobs, but I had to, like, I had to learn. And if I knew this initially, like, I can't do every single thing. And I can't micromanage every single thing. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. There are too many moving parts at this point, from marketing, sales, I mean, like everything I was, you know, and I was managing everything from doing my barcodes, sorry, my plumbers here, no, no barcoding to like, registration to everything. So it was just too much, and I could not do everything on my own. So, learning how to like delegate and get and trust other people to take over some of it. Mm-hmm. Can you hold on one second? Oh, yes, of that. course. So sorry. Oh, um, no, is it okay? Yeah, a leaky faucet three times they've been out, and no one can find the leak. And I'm like, there's water. Uh, so, something yeah, is leaking. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they find it. <laughs> well, if, if you're ready to hop back in, I wonder yes. the best leadership advice that you've received, What what would that be?
1: You know, I don't think I've received anything like directly from other people necessarily because I don't know that I was like given a lot of that advice mm-hmm. um, and the roles I had because I wasn't in leadership roles until I had my own company. But I think I kind of alluded to this before, and this is something I probably heard on a, a podcast or read in, a, in one of the many books of founders that I read, but I think it's that you can take a lot of people's ideas and perspectives, but ultimately you need to be comfortable making the final decision. And that I constantly think about them. So not getting too swayed. like a lot of people have a lot of ideas and you could take those ideas and listen to their opinions and perspectives, but like I I have to be responsible. And by the way, if that decision doesn't turn out well, that is also on me. Mm-hmm. So, right? As the leader, like, I also have to take responsibility. And I think sometimes people like hand that off. Well, someone else handled that. Like, no, anything that gets done, any decision gets made, anything goes wrong, like, ultimately that is on me
0: mm-hmm.
1: because yeah. I make the final decisions and I'm the leader. So if, I, even if it was someone else that I hired that didn't, that didn't want to learn agency or whatever, like it's still, it, it's still on on me, yeah. So I think taking responsibility for the decisions, and I think also being able to make those decisions and make them, you know, confidently is, I think, really, really key. And I think it's great that you want to be able to listen to perspectives, and you want to hear everybody's opinions, and you want to have, you know, be open ideas and people want to feel heard. So I, I totally think this, you know, it's very important and crucial, but I think they also need to see that they have someone in charge who has a vision and can make those decisions and knows like what she wants, what she's looking for and can like, you know, you know, be comfortable with that in that role.
0: So, switching gears a little bit again, I'm going to talk to you about any daily routines. So, one of the things that we do focus on is well being, wellness for the leader. I mean, there are so many things that can cause you to kind of get, and we're going to talk about balance. But, what do you have any daily routines that kind of get you through the day?
1: I do my morning routine mostly, I'd say. So, I try and wake up early and work out before the rest of my family's awake, before I start like the whole school process and getting ready. I get ready every morning, like right away after I work out, get, you know, get ready. Oh my God, my door will not stop Get ready for the day and be ready like right first thing in the morning. And then I make a matcha. So that is like part of my routine. Like I feel like it gives me like, like it, it, it just provides that stability I need for every day, no matter what's going to go. Mm-hmm. All right. I make my matcha every single morning. And like, I make it like traditional methodology. I take it, I put the hot water, I whisk it, and then I put it on ice, like I, and I rush through everything I do in my day, but that's like one thing I like to take the five minutes to like make it properly and drink in the morning. So I say my morning routine and then take my son to school, coming back, that's like really set at night. I try and have a cup. If it's not a tequila night, I try and have a glass of tea in the evening. But that is really, that's kind of the only thing I do very routinely because I feel like then wants After that, my day, like, I don't know necessarily how it's going to go yeah, what's going to come up. So I feel like I can only manage and keep that really consistent, just that like first part of my, my day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And so speaking of balance, I know there's a lot being said now about, is there really such thing as work-life balance and, you know, everybody's talking about, let's talk about integration. What are your thoughts on, on that whole topic?
1: I don't believe I'm good at balance. So I don't think I have balance. I think I every day I'll do something really well and get that done really well and the ball's gonna drop somewhere else. So I'm really good at focusing on a particular task at hand and getting it done. So if it's a work-related thing that has to get done, that gets done, but then I may have like, also forgot to sign up for conferences. So that's how I kind of think of it. Or if it's like, I'm going to basketball tournaments on the weekends, but then I didn't reply to anyone's text or emails. Like, I think I'm good at getting specific things done. I don't think on a daily basis, I get a lot of like balance in.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: the person that comes last, unfortunately, which is like for most women is me. Yeah. So getting the opportunity to like, you know, get enough sleep, things like that. Like that's always what kind of, Fall by the wayside, <laughs> like that. Everybody else's kind of demands probably been met first, and so that's why I don't think I'm necessarily like very good at at understanding or implementing balance.
0: Yeah, something you said made me remember this. But I follow Adam Grant on Instagram, and I think just today or yesterday he had a post about not beating yourself up if you don't get back to somebody right away, because I mean, today's environment. It's just expected that everybody has so much on their plate is getting trying to get so much done that it's okay if it's two or three days before you email or text somebody back. And it's, I mean, of course there, there are emergencies, but yeah.
1: I know it's hard because I really would love to have my inbox cleared. Like yeah, every day I, I like try <laughs> and I'm <laughs> never there. And I'm like over 800 emails. I'm like, oh, I was like so close. I've done like a hundred and like every once in a while I'll go do the next, I'd love to have like, clean inbox, but it's just, it's really hard to keep up and, yeah. and do it. So I try and like, I try and leave myself some slack with that.
0: So and one more personal question. We like music here at Boss Track and we like to recommend, and we have actually a Spotify playlist and we're working on building a second one. So we're curious, do you have any music that you'll put on or play to build your confidence or give you the energy to get through the day?
1: Yes. A couple things. One, usually Sting. I'm a huge Sting fan. So I will play something from Sting because like even brand new day, Sting brand new day, the police brand new day. I like Eminem. So that always gets me going. I think you lose yourself. And, and Steve Winwood, a high life. I don't know Uh, why, but you start that Steve Winwood or any Fleetwood Mac. That gets me like hyped. (laughs)
0: Those are great ones. I love to lose yourself. I can definitely see that being a get me through the the day kind of song. That's a good one. So, I know we only have like a minute left, but I did want to give you the opportunity to talk about the tequila, or I know you have the Inspiro Purple Bicycle Project. I don't know if you want to kind of. Yeah. Well, why why don't I quickly go through?
1: (laughs) Oh, I won't get to both really. Yeah. But Inspiro Tequila. So, you can Mm -hmm. find us on InspiroTequila.com, I N S P I R O, tequila.com, and follow us on Inspiro Tequila or me on inspired by my my attempt at social media or on linkedin where i'm i'm probably better and more active and basically it's a sippable really clean easy to drink tequila and the purple bicycle project really was just my effort to try and give back by supporting other female founders on their missions so we provide grants and mentoring with me to help support other other founders. And actually, we are just, we just did a grant with the Nthufu's Foundation and we had like a lot of applicants. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And now I just went through the applications. So I'm going to be starting an interviewing process. So we're just going to select, it'll be our first actual grant that we, you know, kind of managed well with them, but and selecting a grant recipient who will get a professional development grant in order to hone new skills or join you know, organizations like we talked about in networks and then also mentoring with me. So really excited to get to connect with another founder and and offer that. And we're going to be doing some more towards the end of the year as well with another organization. So it's really, it's really exciting for me. Yeah.
0: So amazing. And I guess they can get more information on your website as well if they want to learn more about. Yes.
1: Yes. The Purple Bicycle Project is on our website too.
0: Good. Well, well, I love everything you're doing, and I so appreciate your time today. I know you've got a lot going on and juggling so many things. Always. Oh, and and so Instagram, be inspired by Mara. At Is me Mara. or
1: Inspiro Tequila? Oh, yeah, Inspiro Spiro Tequila. tequila. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Well, thank right. you so much, and I appreciate it. And have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Michelle again. Just one more thing before you take off. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash boss track or sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's easy to sign up and easy to cancel. Every Monday, we send out a short exclusive newsletter of what we found during the week that we're excited about, we're inspired by, and we're watching and reading. If you'd like to check it out, just to go to thebostrack.com forward slash newsletter. Just type that into your browser, thebostrack.com forward slash newsletter. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.